the sound of sensation across the nation. Listen to Radio Goodies. Boom. I'm Rob. I'm Richard. And I'm Mark. And welcome to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, episode 17, where today we are talking about gender education. First broadcast on New Year's Eve, in fact, the 31st of December, 1971, on Friday at 9.35. Now, you heard an extra voice in there, listeners. I'd like to welcome Mark. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Very good friend of um, all of us and a Goodies fan. Now, you actually have some slightly different Goodies experiences to us because you've seen it on first broadcast. I was just talking to the guys about this because my first goodies memory was the race. I remember being in my uh, lounge room in the UK watching it with some friends and but when I was looking at the timelines it was broadcast in 1974. I have a memory that I was a lot older so I'm not too sure what that is. It definitely wasn't uh, an Australian repeat so I'm not too sure but the first single I ever bought was actually the Funky Given released on uh, by Bradley Records I think. That's right. And uh, I think the the A side had a white love heart, and the B side, which was Sick Man Blues, had a red love heart. So you obviously don't still have it. No. I do. You do. Well, we'll, we'll have to um, have get you back for the Goodies Almost Live episode then, and talk about that. We could. The other thing, Mark, is thank you as the uh, editing genius that put together our opening and closing credits. Although you didn't personally write a walk in the Black Forest. No, but I wish I did. No, you should. Now, but on that topic, we've actually been discussing. The, the record a bit in the past week. And Richard, you have some interesting background trivia for us. Well, I don't know if it's interesting background trivia. But, <laughs> no, uh, no, no, but I it no, we did wonder what was the B-side because if we watch the Pirate Radio, all they do is they just keep playing Walking the Black Forest again and again and again. And there must have been a B-side to the record. Mm-hmm. It's actually a song called, or an instrumental piece called Nola, which dates from about 1915. For the benefit of our listeners, here's a quick 10-second grab. the B-side to a walk in the Black Forest. Anyway, thank you for joining us, Mark. Absolutely. Shake things up. And you've joined us for Gender Education. So you're our guest. What's your headline thought on this episode? The main takeaway from this episode was, of course, the gender education. Was it uh, how to make uh, babies by doing dirty things? That's right. That was actually quite very, very funny. I've forgotten that. But this episode really is two halves. The end of it, I found, just sort of petered out. It's just like a bit of a, and that was it. Okay, well, we'll get back to that. Richard, what do you think? I also thought it was an episode of two halves. In some ways, it's sort of the sex half and then the violence half. Mm. I probably thought the first half was better than the second half. I found that the sequence probably with Bill going nuts. It was well done and it was funny, but you're right. It just sort of, the bit where he blows up the BBC centre... Yeah, it was, was probably a little bit, yeah. Visually impressive, but yep. didn't really go anywhere. No. No. And at the end, when she's walking down the street, say, stop it, stop it. And all oh, I actually, else. I thought that bit actually was quite funny, because no. the bit where she you know, suddenly realises what people really do when there's mm. no TV. And then, of course, you sort of think that the goodies bring out the three dolly birds, and you sort yeah. of think, oh, okay. Yeah. And then, and then, but then they twist it like they're sitting there playing chess with them, so. Yeah. yeah. 
Rob, your thoughts? I enjoyed it for the most part, like the, everyone else, I think. The first half uh, works very much for me, and the second half is a bit of a, a come down. I think the first half just goes to show the British obsession and fear of sex uh, to a great degree. But uh, overall, a pretty good episode. Okay, well, I, I disagree with some of you and agree with others. I, I definitely enjoyed it, and I think we all enjoyed the episode. I have to disagree with Mark, sorry, you're our guest, but I actually thought that How to Make Babies by Doing Dirty Things bit was the, the weak part of it all, but that said, I'm the only one around the table without kids, so maybe I missed something there. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I... I, I on your head. <laughs> <laughs> Just actually with the film bit, I seem to remember, if anyone remembers Norman Gunston. Yes. I remember Norman Gunston doing a similar film. I think his was more around the... There was a book released in Britain called The Joy of Sex, which oh, was... Yeah by Dr. Alex Comfort, which was supposed to be a... And, and again, it's probably helped, maybe helping to break that, that sort of British taboo around around sex. There, Norman Gunson did one which was called Norman Discovers the Joys of Funny Business. <laughs> that the people were draped with in blue. They were in, like, blue all-over suits. And they had ABC symbols around the naughty bits. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have got some Norman Gunson on tape somewhere. I'll have to dig them out and see if I can find that clip. Okay, so obviously the main part of this episode is... Beryl Reed as Mrs. Yeah. Desiree Carthorse. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody here disagree that she's the highlight of the thing? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Um, Beryl Reed is somebody who's been in a multitude of British tele- mm. television, particularly sitcoms. The one thing I recognise her from was The Secret Diary of Adrian Mole Aged. Yeah, the granny, yeah. Yeah, as yeah. the grandma, yeah. But she's been in a lot of stuff. She was also in Doctor Who, controversially. Yes. Yes, we won't go down that path. No. Uh, but she gives a wonderful portrayal. Now, is this the first time the goodies are actively satirising not just a concept, but an individual? Because she's clearly a... Clearly goddess. meant to be a go at Mary Whitehouse, and there is that... Of the Festival of Light, is that... Well, no, and, and the national, national viewers uh, viewers and listeners. So it's very obviously meant to be a take-off of Mary Whitehouse, and there is that off-quoted story that they, at the end of the first season, actually got a telegram from her, or the BBC received a telegram saying what a great show The Goodies was and how it was good, clean family fun. I think it actually said, with all the filth and that on TV, how could they put a good family program like The Goodies on at 10 o'clock at night when it was really suitable for a family audience, which means she obviously didn't see The Playgirls Club. Well, Bill Oddie actually has some comments here that he says, obviously she didn't notice the drug references, tits and royal scandal in the first episode. Yes, no. yes, or any of the other stuff. So, and, and they actually said this really was a low point for them, so they deliberately set out to do an episode to pillory Yes, and again, so I've got Tim Brooke Taylor's quote here. He says, We made Mary Whitehouse, we hoped, seem crass, with lines like, Bill, what does your husband do? Mrs Carthorse, he keeps his distance. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> it was very clearly designed yeah. to be a, a quite, not a personal attack, but a very deliberate attack. But mm. I, I guess to get back to the point, we've seen them satirise the police or the environmental civil service or whatever. But I think this is the first time they've actually deliberately... A particular person. Made a particular person. Yes. Uh, does, it, does it work? Yes. I think it does. I think it's a great performance. Yes. yes. But Good. it's probably lost, though, if you don't know who Mary Whitehouse is. Well, I think you're right. It doesn't work as effectively. And clearly mm. the audience gets it instantly. Mm. As soon as he says, Mr. Zero Carthorse, they'll go, ah, where will you? I guess there's always been and probably always will be Mary Whitehouse type people in the public arena who are trying to keep filth off television or perhaps I should better say their personal view of what filth is off television. So I guess even if you don't know Mrs Whitehorse particularly, you would get that that's a satire of that type of 
industry or that type of person. Mm. Did Australia have a, an equivalent over here? Fred Nile? Yeah, Fred Nile, Fred Nile okay. probably. New South Wales, yeah. Right. Yeah, now a <coughs> Christian MP. So we all like Beryl Reid. One, one of the notes that I've made here is, I just found it funny from the start. Right from the very start where she comes in with a little periscope and he's observing them and then they get into that dialogue mm. and then you get the stuff with Bill having gone to see the film. And <laughs> again, you know, we, we've, we've talked about how great Graham's physical comedy is, but there's just a little moment where he does the big, the big birds with the big flappy wings. Yes. And yeah. He's flapping his heart. Just, I just loved it. I, I was really into this really, really quickly. Yeah, there's a great, and that's in the education film. You know, there's a scene where the lady's trying to get away, obviously, uh, from TBT, and you know, he's, he's running towards her, arms outstretched, Buster Keaton style. It's almost Benny Hill style, yes, actually. Yes, yes. And he does it a couple of times. He's, he's, he's probably a very underrated physical performer, mm. I think. I do remember watching this episode as a kid, and I got some of it, particularly the stuff about the violence. I had absolutely no idea as a you know six or seven year old what SE slash like actually <laughs> was and what the joke was. Mm. So that was very funny. No, no. I, I don't I just about watching it, I don't remember it being on really high rotation here. It wasn't one I don't think that the ABC screened a lot. A lot, I don't think. But uh, it was apparently screened uncut here. I don't I, there wasn't actually any cuts in it. But Well um, no, there'd be ironic if there was. <laughs> Uh, any other thoughts on that early stuff? I guess we should probably touch more on the how to make babies by doing dirty things. Well, I, I think the, the, the doco that they make is probably the highlight of the, yeah, of the, of the first oh, part. I think it is. Aside yeah. from, I mean, Graham's, I, I am suddenly, having done these podcasts, a really big fan of Graham Garden and his his narration over the top of it, yeah. of the doco, is fantastic. He, has mm. the, he just strikes the right note with the way he does it. And again, as we've said, his physical comedy... Is, is something that always draws the eye. I, I really do enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I'm actually going to disagree with you. I found that whole segment to be a one-joke wonder. Like, once you get past the fact that they're wearing sheets because they can't actually talk about what they're meant to be talking about, it's, well, okay, that's the, that's the gag. Now we have three or four minutes of the same gag, but I guess we're in the minority here. I thought it worked, because, are oh, you right, it's a variation on the same joke, this is a man. Yeah. But if and the joke is, but, isn't. But yeah. if the joke is funny, yeah. it just builds and builds. But then it does, you know, what is the difference between them? That's right. Men are better <laughs> at football. <laughs> and it continues on. But, well, I mean, because the BBC did actually, Mary Whitehouse did, did have a go at the BBC because they did have a hand in a couple of sex ed films in the early 70s that were being screened to, to school children, which, of course, was corrupting their tiny minds. Yeah, so I, I guess that's one of the things that is probably harder for us to relate to, even more so than Mary Whitehouse is this idea that sex education is still a controversial thing in 1971. The idea that you teach children, you know, the basics of how to make a baby is still a, well, hang on, should this be even done? Well, it's, it's controversial now in 2016 with the safe schools thing that has bombed yeah. its head. Yeah. And that's slightly different to what sex ed is. But yeah. yeah. I actually remember seeing a, a sex ed class video in, uh, in, when I was in high school hosted by Graham Garden. Really? Yeah. About putting on a uh, rubber Johnny. <clears throat> How to put that on. The class are watching this in disbelief because, like, he's the guy from the goodies. <laughs> and we're watching him demonstrate how to do this. There you go. Yeah. We might have to see if we can dig that So, out. So was he actually demonstrating or was he just the voiceover? He was actually in, the, in this uh, video. He was a couple other people, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, this way, most of us were pretty scarred by it because we all love the goodies. <laughs> and we're all walking out and... 
Yeah, that's a bit like last night with a sheet ever with Uncle Tom. Well, well Graham is a qualified medical practitioner. Yes, he right? is. That's exactly it. And uh, if you're going to learn how to do it, you may as well learn off Graham Garden. Because he's both medically qualified and funny. Correct. <laughs> so we then move on to the goodies actually having to fight for their reputation, which is interesting in that they now are very, very clearly part of the public psyche in the goodies universe. Like, the goodies are people with a reputation. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we see that in the previous week's episode, the Women's Lib one, where, where the lady there knows that they're part of the, you know, they stand for what's good and decent. And Mary Whitehouse here approaches them because she knows, obviously, they're, you know, respectable and whatever, so she wants to engage them, which, which is an interesting shift that the public now know who they are. Yes. That's the goodies universe now. That's right. What about Reginald Will Barrow? Well, this is interesting because as soon as Bill reads out the name, everyone in the audience goes, again, there's that moment of, oh, we know where you're going. I have no idea who it was, and I've got a bookshelf full of uh, 1970s political mm-hmm. books. He's a takeoff of, well, he's now the late Sir Gerald, I'm assuming it's pronounced Nabarro, given the way they pronounce Will Barrow. Right, yes. He was a Tory MP who was quite well known for his quite outlandish or quite outspoken views and I, I think you see that in the, the when they go on the current affairs program where the guy says well we get you on here to make really outrageous comments yeah. yes he was a very much an old style i think conservative so he was against youth culture like pop music he had actually come out supporting mary whitehouse in her crusade against the, the sex ed film we mentioned a few minutes ago but clearly lost to history i think so now well he died not all that long after this was done, I think he died in about 1973 or 74, I think. So, yeah, that, that's right. I remember looking him up on. Wikipedia. So, I guess you're right. Look, he's probably now, when he's been gone for over 40 years, so he's probably now. But, but again, you know, I've got Ted Heath's autobiography on the shelf, Margaret Thatcher's books about that time, and he doesn't really mention. So, although he's probably a bit of a chat show favourite. Yeah his actual influence on and impact. policy and impact was that no, I mean, those sort of people are lost to history because they have no meaningful impact on policy they're just a, a speaking head on television mm. who... but interesting that it's a second time that in the same episode where they actually satirized an individual mm. Mm. and this this marks them i think as being very different to monty python monty python and i remember listening to michael palin an interview about this monty python never sought to satirize individuals they'll just have politician or royal mm. or civil servant They'll never actually go down the path of topical satire. And so the goodies is really branching away from their former colleagues in Python by doing this sort of thing. Mm. Does that mean or leave the goodies possible victim to irrelevance? Because Monty Python still has a life now. If the goodies is trying to be topical in 1971 or two, does that sort of account for why perhaps they're not as well-known today? Yeah, I, th- I think in part. Certainly there are some episodes where their topicality does date them and make it very hard to watch. I think this one, it's less the case because, as I said, even if you don't know the person, the issue is fairly mm. universal. I think also, though, in Britain, that there has been that it wasn't repeated for, for so long. A lot of people do remember it, but of but course... you can say the same thing about Monty Python. Though. Yeah, and, but, and again, a lot of people who would say they're Monty Python fans, I would suggest actually haven't watched a lot of Monty Python. They like the movies. Yep. They like you know the really famous skits that get on the best holes or get repeated on clip shows. Mm. But... I suspect that a lot of people, if they actually sat down and watched a full season of Python, yeah, would, would realise just how bad a lot yeah, of it is. Yeah, some, some, some of it really has, some of Python really hasn't aged that well at all. Mm. No. Yeah, and Python's much more 
you know, accessible. You can go to the shops and get the DVDs with the goodies. Mm. And then you've got a couple of things by network and YouTube, and that's really it if you want to go and seek it out. Yeah, so. and the other thing with Python is that you can just sit there and play the Dead Parrot sketch mm. or the Spanish Inquisition sketch mm. for four or five minutes ago. That's really, really funny. Whereas with the goodies, you sort of have to watch at least a half-hour episode. Yeah. So it's not as easy to access. Yeah. We're diverging, though. Robert uh, Dougal was mentioned in this episode. Yes, he was. And he was a newsreader, announcer, mm-hmm. and also a keen food watcher, like Bloody. Well, there you go. Yeah, well done. That's right. <laughs> okay, so, Richard, you make the comment that we moved from a sex theme into a violence theme in the second half. Uh, what did we think of Bill as the movie maker? Lou Grade. Uh, <laughs> I thought I, I thought it was a real climb down from the rest of the quality of the episode. To be to be honest, yeah. it almost felt to me like, but once again, Bill is the third, fifth wheel of the show, and we need to give him something to do. You can be the violence obsessed, a movie executive, and just go berserk and just run around. And I didn't appreciate that as much as I did it the first half. It dragged on a lot. It, it did. dragged on yeah. a whole sequence, and the bit where the car, the cut out of the house. Is there, and all of a sudden it falls down. That was reused again later in the movies. In the movies, yeah, it yeah, was. So I, I, I yeah. must admit that. Look, I, I, I'm not nearly as down on the second part as you guys are. And I actually thought it did it some good that it changed tack a bit and refreshed mm. its ideas. I do admit though, the stuff in the house. I was suddenly going, how many iterations of this can they do before yeah. they mm. move on? And it, it did feel yeah. a little bit padded. Uh, we then get to the end though, and uh, the cheer as they blow up the BBC oh, yeah. television centre. Yes. I've actually visited the BBC Television Centre and toured there a few years ago. Anybody else been there? No. No? No. It's a fascinating building. Well, not that you can anymore, because it actually has been (laughs) blown up. I'm just going to say, I'm just curious about why the audience was cheering. What was the the view of the BBC back then? I I think it's because the BBC, more than the ABC was here, really stood for that bastion of establishment. So it would be like blowing up the Houses of Parliament or blowing up Scotland Yard or something. It's Mm. just that... That iconic thing, and oh my God, they've Buckingham Palace. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the defiance of blowing up such a cultural icon. Mm. I think they blew, then they do some sort of blowing up of the ATV symbol years later, and everybody started cheering as well. So there must be against their television organisations. I don't know, but I think that establishment thing is like happy to see it being uh, wiped out. So yeah, theoretically, you know, but it's visually very impressive though. For, for oh, it's the model work is 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 well yeah, done. Yeah, very well and, done. And I guess the other side of it is that the BBC Television Centre is such an iconic building, not just for what it is, but for what it looks like. It's a very recognisable yeah. uh, shape and and look compared to just most other TV studios. Mm. So it, it, it's recognised in that way as well. Mm. If they ever have to repeat this episode, they'd have to cut out uh, Rolf Harris. He gets mentioned in this. He's mentioned in a lot of them. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in. All right. Have we got any other general comments about the episode? I was going to say that the violent stuff, I thought the initial violent stuff probably wasn't bad where they go through and they're going to make everything violent like they're going to match of the days now, going to cut the football <laughs> yeah. out and they're just going to have the punch-ups and, and the yeah. fouls. Which I believe there are now programs on television which basically are just that. Mm. Yeah. And then they want to make epilogue. Because epilogue, I did a bit of reading on epilogue. Epilogue, and it's mentioned in Snooze, I think is the other one. Back, back in the days when TV stations used to close for the evening which I think the ABC did here until well well into the 1980s oh yeah I can remember the ABC closing for the night it was it was basically a a, well it was essentially a religious program but it was designed for a few minutes quiet reflection at the end of the day so they would have probably a sermon from a lay preacher or a a non-denominational type sermon and then some some either a hymn or some nice 
gentle, soothing music so that you would, you know, ease off into the evening. Before playing God Save the Queen. And yes, and, and then, of course, giving you the public service announcement about turning your television off and unplugging it before you went to bed. Because the, the thing was, the old, the old valve-based televisions were apparently prone to, if you just had power continuously running through, and they were actually prone to fires. Yes. No. When, when they went to, to the transistor-based ones, that, that stopped becoming a problem. Mm. But they used to always hear yeah, the public service announcement. They would always make an announcement at the end of the night, don't forget to turn off and unplug your set. My grandparents used to do that all. OK, well, look, I think we all enjoyed the episode, but let's get to our regular segments. First of all, ads. Oh, can I ask one question? No, no, of course Is this can. the highlight of the second series, do you think? I, I think it's certainly one of the better ones of the second season. I really enjoyed The Music Lovers. I really enjoyed both that and Scotland. I, I have a very soft spot for Kit and Kong. Mm. They probably, that and potentially Scotland, probably be my three picks, come I would on, think. Come on, The Lost Tribe is clearly a highlight. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, without having done a, a hard top ten, gender education would be a contender for my top ten in the series. Mm. I think it's, it's really up there. Both because it's very funny and it's actually saying something quite interesting. Mm. Okay. Mm. Did, what, what do you think, Mark? Is this your? Well, favorite I was just or? looking at this. I was just looking at uh, the list of the um, episodes of the second series, and this one stands out. And as you said, Scotland, but the others definitely doesn't stand out. So I don't know because the thirteen episode run, I think they were really sort of stretching things a bit for this because the second season had thirteen episodes. Well, the first one had seven. Mm. But then that, that doesn't really explain why episode four, The Lost Tribe, is so poor. I mean, they're early into their run. Commonwealth Games is pretty poor. Maybe they just didn't have any particular good ideas throughout. Or, or, or are mm. still trying to work out exactly what the show is. And well, what works and what doesn't. Yeah. They're still feeling its way, yeah. 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 Mm. We'll get to our regular segments now. So ads is the first one. We have yes. one ad. Anybody <laughs> want to tell us about it? The, the Tui Chew Gum. The Tui Chew Gum, where uh, there's a mirror... There and there's a lady there. I think she's doing makeup or doing something like yeah, that. She's getting ready, obviously, to go out. Go out, and that's all about minty fresh and, and everything like that. And as she's walking through, walking out of the, out of the shot, uh, her and then TBT turns around, and he's dressed up exactly the same as it's her. A fa- it's, it's a fake. It's a fake mirror, basically, mirror, and yeah. it's it's TBT. Yeah. It's it's apparently a takeoff of a contemporary Wrigley's chewing gum ad. Right. Right. And it uses even down. I think using pretty much the same actual music behind it as the jingle. It, is the humour in it just basically Tim in drag? Well, that, that's, 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 that's what I thought. I sort that's of thought it. this actually, yeah. unless you, yeah, unless you either know the ad or or that you, oh look, it's TBT dragged up again. I, it's been, they've done similar uh, ads, the, the Rollo ad we, we talked about in the previous yeah. episode, yeah. where the humour is actually in what they're doing, you know, falling to the ground. Yeah. But this one is, it's just Tim dressing up as a woman. That's your laugh. We're out. I think it's one of the poorer ads that they've ever oh, I think the ads are starting to struggle yeah. a bit by this stage. Mm. Yeah. We just yeah. need more beans ads, I think. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, what couldn't they get away with today? Well, well, first of all, on the uh, in the gender education film, the lady uh, with a sheet over her chained up. Uh, yes. Like, like, yeah. like, a, like a dog, basically. Like yeah. a dog. Uh, very, I felt very uncomfortable watching that. Yeah, and oh. so some of the whole tone about, and now um, what Tim's going to do with her. Yeah. Her, her clear non consenting. Yes. Didn't yes. quite sit quite right. Yes. Uh, uh, and and even, even the line, whilst it's very funny, because it's what it's a, it's a um, diversion to what you expect about, that's right, men are better at football. Mm. Even now, I can see people not taking that the way it was intended. The ladies dress up as Donna, Ma- Don- Donna Matrix and with chains Matrix. and whips and things like that. that. Yeah, I, th- I think you'd... you get away with that these days? Yeah, I think you probably would. Well, Nic- no, no. in the context of what they're satirising. 
Yes. The bit where they're actually luring what's ostensibly meant oh, to be yes. a kid with a lollipop. Yes, yes. Um, uh, I mean, yes. look, I know it's a mature age man, yeah, but, but given they've set them up as being kids, yeah. and then the, they sort of pop out behind the wall, yeah. you know, lollipop, yeah. slightly bigger lollipop. Bang on the head. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, yes. Did, I did sort of wonder whether you could do that joke no. perhaps now. Mm. No, you couldn't. In these yeah. slightly more... Um, slightly? Yeah. <laughs> No. Similar times back then, Richard. Yeah, I think so. There's no way you can get, get away with that now. And, and straddling both what could they get away with today and Goody's tropes, we have another Rolf Harris joke. Yes. Yes, that'll be edited out in the repeat, surely. Well, what, what, I actually can't remember what it was. Just what was the reference? There was one. There's a joke at the end where they say, when there's no television, and Graham says... I could do my Rolf Harris impersonation. Yes. Oh, and Tim yes. says, no, 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 that's one of the benefits of not having TV. Yes, yes, okay. no, that's yeah. right. So that'd be gone. Oh, I think you could keep that. Yeah, you could keep that. Oh, for sure. Really? Uh, any other goodies? Well, they're, they're bagging the guys, so... Well, I don't know, in the UK, they're really, like, they're editing Jimmy Savile all the top of the pop stuff, so it'd be... Really? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. They're hacking... Like, it goes for, like, ten minutes now. Well, we talked all the, about... All the links and everything We like talked about this in our last episode, didn't we? we? Did, yes, yeah, yeah. So, really? yeah. Uh, any other goodies tropes that we had here? It was actually fairly, it was actually a fairly unusual episode in many ways. It didn't mm. really stick to the template or the standard at all. And that brings us to our favourite gags. Once again, Mark, would you like to tell us what yours was? I think you already mentioned it before. Was the line about what did, what does your husband do? He keeps his distance. I thought yeah. that was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that was a good one. That was Rich? a highlight. Yeah, um, I had that one. There was another bit at the start where she says. I don't find you reading dirty books, looking at filthy oh, television yes. programs, or playing yeah. around with girls. You're obviously, and they say, unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had two, well, I had two things. Uh, Bill going on about seeing, I think it was a movie called Torrid Nudes of Grope City. <laughs> but there's, there's the, I think it's the radio announcer or television person talking about the goodies. Yeah. Uh, and I actually, I enjoyed it so much that I wrote it down. These so-called goodies have produced over a pulsive piece of gratuitous titillation. That entire paragraph, I loved it. I loved it so yeah. much, I wrote it down. It's great. And, the end, yeah, and, and now, the shipping forecast. Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good ones in there. I was tempted to go for the blowing up of the TV centre, but I actually, I think just because it's very funny and it sums up the whole episode, the, you're going to condemn the film without even seeing it? Why break a habit of a lifetime? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was very good, but there's lots of good gags. I thought this was just a really funny episode from start to finish. And I just want to say, the end piece where Desiree Cardos is running down the street, yelling at people not to do that, yes. just goes to exemplify what sort of tilting at windmills the whole thing that she was doing was, because it, it was achieving nothing, it achieved nothing, it just changed nothing, basically. Absolutely. Well, apart from a Doctor Who producer. It changed nothing <laughs> of any substance. Yeah, well, that, that's exactly right. Look, look, you could perhaps argue that it slowed the pace of development slightly or, or hampered it in some spots, but you're right. that The change in society was happening. Mm. And she yeah. she was, as you say, tilting at windmills yeah. doing that. And I think the goodies nailed it very, very well. Well done to them. Well done to them. If we all agree that it was a good satire, a good point, and... We all enjoyed the episode. On yep. that note. And now a walk in the Black Forest. 
You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum. This is a man. And this isn't. This is a picture of a man and a lady. There is a difference between men and ladies. Do you know what it is? Yes, that's right. Men are better at football. (laughs) 